Charlotte Soccer Show. John Hayes, Danny Brams, we're back in the house on a Thursday night. I'm so pumped to be here on a Thursday night because that means it's match week. We're back for our second episode. We're on the road in Canada across the northern border against Montreal on Saturday night. Danny Brams, before we cross the border, you've crossed many states, state <laughs> borders. Yeah, I'm, I'm on the road too, just like the team uh, this week. Still out here on my uh, travel across country looking for America, as Simon and Garfunkel saying. And uh, I got some real estate here in my bag. You know, I'm uh, in southern Colorado, drove 11 hours from Austin, Texas this morning. Uh, had some George Strait. You know what I was playing, John? I had the George Strait going. I had Amarillo by morning. <laughs> Just, you know, <laughs> playing in the car, 5 a.m. Uh, as I departed Austin. Trying to get there. I think I made Amarillo by about noon. So I don't know if that counts. That won't count as morning, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, having a great time traveling, uh, trying to spread the gospel of Charlotte FC. I've been repping the kit everywhere. Went out in Austin last night uh, with some great old friends and my brother. Uh, repped the kit, wore the, uh, the blue and white. People were asking me about it. Here, a funny story that I will tell at the end of the episode. We got a lot to get to, but. I will just uh, tease some, some Austin stories coming up at the end of the show. Man, it's, it's a great mention, George Strait, uh, a young troubadour. Uh, one of my favorite country songs of all time, uh, troubadour. Tremendous. Strait. Texas yeah. legend. He is a Texas he, legend. He's and well, well your, beloved in my former home state. And you've made yourself uh, now at home west of Texas, and, and the journey only goes further from there. But the journey on our show this evening and there's a few different stops because we're here to discuss Christian Latanzio's press conference today his <laughs> weekly press conference as interim boss on match week uh, a lot of interesting comments some quotes tonight that we will nitpick Sergio Ruiz transfer rumors they're swirling it's it's like the the final episode of of Stranger Things 4 volume 1 some aerial objects. I won't say birds. I don't want to spoil the show. Something circling. And those rumors, Danny Brams, to me, I, I, I don't know what to make of them. Yeah, they definitely gave us something to talk about this week. Uh, that, that was fun. You know, that day I, I was on the road. So the ro with the road trip, I kind of have like spot check-ins with everything going on. I was telling you before the show, like I haven't really, until I got to this spot right here, because I've been involved with family and friends all over the map. I haven't really like sat down and logged in at, a, at my laptop and like looked at things in depth. I've just been, you know, two minutes on my phone here, five minutes on my phone there. So I've chimed in on a few things. I did catch it, uh, the Sergio rumors and I don't know. My, my initial reaction was kind of a strong one of like, Hey, this guy, he has a couple assists, but he's really not making a huge impact for me. And if he really wants to go play in the Spanish second division over playing for Charlotte FC, then we don't need him. That's pretty much what I, my, my, was my gut reaction. Now, do I have to walk that back? Is it's that rumor hasn't really picked up any steam, and and Latanzio tried to shut it down a little bit of the presser? I'm not sure. Not yet. Uh, I, I wouldn't expect you to to walk it back just yet because the window is open, and as the window is open, European teams will come calling for somebody like Sergio Ruiz, who I really like. Sergio, I think he's a good player. Oh. I'll put it this way. It's, it's really the Las Palmas thing that probably insults me the most. You know, it's like that again, that he'd want to go back and play 
for a non-first division team over us would be make me mad. If he went to go play for a team in La Liga, I wish him well, to be perfectly honest. It's, that's, that distinction right there is all the difference in the world for me. Somebody that knows top league play in Europe is Christian Fuchs. He's returned to training this week, which is great news. But even better news for the club is Karol Swiderski, the Poland international back in training as well for interim bosses, Christian Latanzio's side. Those are two things that I am really excited about. To me, the, the pride of the team, Fuchs and Swiderski, those two, along with Brand Bronico, that's Charlotte FC, those three players. And to have them all three back in training together, Brams, doesn't that make you excited for this weekend? I mean, you give me Swiderski back, you give me Fuchs back, and you give me Camille Yusviak also back. And I got to sing again. I'm sorry to anyone that doesn't like my singing, but it's early in the episode. I got to drop another welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Welcome back. back. I'm so happy to see these guys back. I saw a video posted um, uh, from the, I think Tony is the name, the Spanish radio announcer, gave us some good eyes on Swiderski and Yusviak walking out of the pitch. That was great. Latanzio did not talk about them too much on you, the... Uh, you heard the entire press conference. I, I read Caleb Adams' story on charlottefootballclub.com. Yeah. I listened to it because... I like to see sort of how – I like to see the facial expressions behind the answers. I, I read Caleb's article also, but then I like to see – I like to pick out some of maybe like exactly how the question was asked, asked that sometimes gives you a little more context. So uh, if you can – if you can't watch the full presser, usually it's a good enhancement to read, but the, the articles do a good job of supporting it all down. Um, but Latanzio was confident, I'd say. He, he felt pretty kind of sure of himself in the – they were pressing him a little bit on availabilities and lineup moves. Yeah, he got some pointed questions on Karen Vargas that he answered. You remember we talked about that last episode. Feel a little more reassured. I mean, he gave he kind said of we need patience. Answer, the the word that right. he used was patience. He said right. we need to be patient because there's a lot of competition mm-hmm. at that position, which I thought was. An interesting comment. And he even said that he would have potentially subbed Vargas in for games in the Columbus match if he had not already committed to that, hey, get out of here with the point strategy that late in the match. If he had been, he said, if I had been of a different mindset to go, he basically admitted he was scared of what Columbus was doing against us. I think he was the only one in the entire stadium that was was scared of Columbus, but what what do I know? But he said, if I had been going for it, I would have put Vargas in for games, but instead I made the defensive side instead. So I think Vargas is closer to to getting back on the pitch than I might have thought before the spreads or so that reassured me. There's a few quotes that I wanted to read while we're talking about the press conference and we're going to get into our expectations versus Montreal. We're going to get into a potential projected 11. So what I want to do with Danny Brams is say, okay, are we going to start the, the, the same lineup three weeks in a row or three games in a row? Or is Christian Latanzio going to make changes and we'll, we'll kind of figure out who might be out of the starting 11 and who might come in. Um, you, you might have guessed. I'm hoping for Kyle Swiderski and Christian Fuchs to be involved on Saturday night at 7.30. It's match week, Charlotte FC. It's the Charlotte Soccer Show. John Hayes, Danny Brams. Here's Christian Latanzio from earlier today, Danny Brams, quote, I think they are right. Um, that's why I think we need to stay humble, to keep working well and hard every day. 
not just hard. Hard is the minimum, but well is key. So we are clear about what we want to do. Everybody has to be clear about their role and responsibility in different phases of the game. MAR, that could have been his quote. It's the same thing. It's the same belief in this team. It's the same. And I mean this as a compliment, right? I, I think when a lot of people talk about MAR, it's about the negatives. Mm-hmm. I, I want to remember the positive here. And that's exactly what Christian Latanzio is communicating now with not only his, his players, but the media and fans that the expectation is to play well. And that is the option for this club. And that's what he wants to bring him on. And so when he says that his goal is to take away a point from the match against Columbus, if that was his stated goal in the 70th minute, I want to give him credit for that because he He achieved achieved the goal. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, that's great. That's a great, great point. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a point as good as the one we are in Columbus. So, Uh, so when I, when I hear him say this and when I, I think about his, expectations of this squad is is when when he takes this team on the road when he selects his starting 11 the expectation is clear that these guys are going to go hard but they need to play well in order to keep their spot competition danny brands we're 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 right. halfway into the year right and, and competition has been the theme from the start it hasn't stopped king harrison harrison Affle, and jalen Lindsay, they are in a battle for that right back spot on this squad right now mm-hmm. yeah I, that's that's a spot that I, I you know I said in the, in the previous episode you don't change a winning side so it was really obvious that uh, with Swiderski not available why we had the same eleven go last week against Columbus that we did after the win against Red Bulls but you might change a drawing side and there's obviously some obvious changes there's a couple spots that are just completely up in the air uh, some based on injury some based on what we've seen and, and given us you know indecision and I'd say right back is one like. Is Athol going to start again? Is is Lindsay really that far out of, of consideration for a starting spot? I'm I'm surprised if so. We've had decent results since Athol's been in, reinstalled as a starter, or you know, installed for the first time here, but reinstalled, you know, based on what he would expect from his career. Anyway, regardless, Lindsay was doing some good things. You know, Gesslin called him the Defender of the Year last year. Uh, of the last episode, excuse me, you know, when we were kind of breaking down some early midseason awards. And I thought that was probably ridiculous considering uh, my pick of Carujo, but knowing that he wanted just someone different, uh, it wasn't, he made an argument for it, he made a decent one. I think Lindsay has shown some really good flashes as a defender. He's been a, some letdown in terms of how he creates in the offense and the flow of that, which Affle does better. But at some point, you got to get back to the young legs. I'm not sure, you know, Apple's going 90 also in a lot of these matches. He didn't last match, but uh, can he keep it up? I don't know. I, I, who, who do you think is going to start? Apple or Lindsay? Really? That's all. Let's put it out there. I think it's a great question and it's why I brought it up. And after hearing, hearing Harrison Apple, speak this week on crown corner with, with our friends, Will Pelagic and Jessica Sharman. I think Lindsay gets the nod. That's my honest takeaway. Interesting. 
is that like it's it's a competition at the at the right back position and and Affle knew it right it wasn't like this is my spot and I'm rolling it's like this is mm-hmm. hard I'm working hard I'm competing for my job that was the whole theme of what mm-hmm. he was saying and it was so blatantly obvious that like he wants to start and he wants to play because I made the point yesterday about Harrison Affle. The right back position is, is so important. And I think Charlotte FC and is going to try to improve the back position. And, and, and I've heard things in that nature that Charlotte FC is looking for wing backs, not necessarily wing backs, but full backs, excuse me, during this transfer window. But it, it's, it's very, very difficult for a veteran player like Harrison Offal to be in a battle with a youngster who has fresh legs and by fresh yeah. legs i mean 10 almost 10 year different legs mm-hmm. yeah yeah and week uh, after week after week you know a, a so, lot less mileage on jalen Lindsay. so to answer your question i, I i'd say jalen Lindsay. and all right cool we'll um, be in the full project 11 in a second but yeah we, yeah, we I, can e- either way Probably not the most important position on the field against Montreal. Obviously, an important position, like you said, but we've got probably some bigger decisions. Every position in this squad is important, <laughs> Danny Rams. That's why we do the podcast. Yeah. That's why we well, do these I mean, discussions. The only other thing we really wanted to get super into before we get into the expectation versus Montreal is food. So let's talk with Team Dad just for a second or two in his return. The other guy that we welcomed back, you know, a few minutes ago, he's. Uh, do you expect him in the lineup? He can sort of kick us off in the full discussion because his status is going to be interesting. Latanzio spoke on him and he was pressed on it a little bit uh, as far as he, he said, Christian is back. He's feeling very good. He, is a, he knows exactly how to take care of his body. The medical team has done a great job with him and we are excited that he will be available versus Montreal. And then he got a follow-up question. Well, would you put him in the starting lineup? And he said, I have a lot of things to take into consideration about all the positions of the So he was coy, you know, he was coy at, at best. And I think it's a simply a matter of availability for me. If Fuchs is available, he's on the pitch, but will he be available? We don't really have a way to know that. So that makes the prediction kind of tough. What did we say on the podcast early in the week, Danny Prams? We said that if Christian Fuchs wants to play, Christian Fuchs will play. Yeah, he said Team Dad runs this shit. <laughs> That's what we said. So this is what's going to happen. Uh, Christian Fuchs is going to have a conversation with, with his Christian brother, Christian Latanzio. Right. And he's going to tell him, hey, I'm starting, or hey, I'll come off the bench, and I'll let you know. Because there's somebody in the starting lineup, Anton Walks, who – right now is in a position to be left in or taken out for Fuchs. Uh, Walks has, play, had play, has played two games, a, a win and a draw under Christian Latanzio at that center back position. But in no way, shape or form does that mean he's the first choice center back alongside Guzman Carujo. Uh, Christian Fuchs still has the opportunity to play that position and play it well. And that's the problem that Anton Walks has faced in this squad the entire season. And it's the the problem that he will continue to face as much as I appreciate the way he's played. So for me, Christian Fuchs is back in this lineup if he wants to be. And yeah, well, well, credit to Walks, credit to the pride of South London 
for fighting for a, a, his position and and just locking down the spot ahead of Christian McCoon. Right. We, as much as we love the potential of what McCoon might bring someday, he's a young player and, and walks worked his way past him. It took him a few weeks, but he did it. Uh, we're much better the last couple of games with the walks Carujo pairing. No well, food. There's something happening, Brams, and that speaks to something bigger and a conversation that we've already had is that veteran play seems to be outweighing rookie mm-hmm. player production. Right. We, that's, that's a great theme. Yeah. Now that you touch on it, you can definitely see like we started with one of the youngest starting 11s in the league easily. It's, it's aged up week by week by week for sure. It certainly has in most every position right back. Uh, all of a sudden mm-hmm. Anton walks is in Joseph Mora is, is he on the undroppable list? I don't know. I know they're looking for uh, a potential uh, well, replacement, I, but but someone again. I'm going to get. I got it. Well, we can. We, this is. We don't have to dwell on this. But I'll get my obligatory. Fuchs could be left back and walks could be center back. But yeah, we can move on. It, it's true. It's it's absolutely true. That's why Joe's not an undroppable for me. Although he's played great last month. One call out that I wanted to make. Brant Bronico, uh, one of our favorite blogs, right? Mm-hmm. And it's it's a blog that we've shouted out months ago. They've been doing great work. Banks Beer and Saka at Banks Beer Saka. It's like a, a Boston guy, I guess, that runs this thing. Yes, yeah. Transplant, a lot of transplants in Charlotte. And he wrote an article that was titled <laughs> aptly <laughs> The Brilliance of Brant Bronica. So wow. Ronnie Bro's in the 11, but it's now, can you, can you confirm or deny that you commissioned this article? Did you have to be written or, or is this an original idea? I don't know. That's amazing. Cause I know it seems like something you would have manifested just from your mind to, to just happen. Well, you were on top of this yourself. You, you know, about the, the an- analysis, you know, about center mid and the play style mm-hmm. plot and, and the type of players that he's been compared to and kind of where he falls into the analytical discussion regarding MLS. So you want to give me the props, I'll give you the props right back. You, you, we've both in the know, been in the know on this. And uh, mm-hmm. this, this article, you can, you can go to our Twitter handle, at For the Crown Baby, and you can find this article. Uh, we, we quote tweeted it, and I, I really want to give props to uh, stillness speed it's it's somewhat of a ghost writer which i respect that his twitter handle is a ghost twitter handle as well um i i don't know who this person is and part of that thanks be a saka great blog check it out they, the analysis and the in-depth uh, reporting like uh, how deep they go on stuff is really worth worth uh digging into We've, we've got to have him on the show. We've got to out him on the show. We, we've got to say, hey, um, come on, tell us who you are. And come on the show and, and talk Charlotte FC. Talk about Brant Bronico and the amazing season that he's having. Uh, is there going to be a double pivot, Danny Brands, for Charlotte FC this weekend against Montreal? No, I think it would take sort of a shock to the system, like a really bad result to really shake us out of the 4-3-3 currently or just an extended run of no goals being scored. So we'll see. But I think they stick with the 4-3-3 for now. It seems to be working overall. We agree on the back line. Um, yeah. Uh, 
Walk, walk. If Fuchs wants to play, he starts. If 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 Fuchs doesn't want to play, Anton walks mm-hmm. in. Otherwise, it's yeah. Do Do you think Affle's in? I I haven't ex- every game he has started. I expected Lindsay to start, so I feel like I'm just walking myself into another trap. But me too. The way it keeps going, I'm gonna just be Charlie Brown uh, getting the football pulled away from me again. I'm sure, but I'll I'll predict Lindsay starts this week against Montreal. Yeah. We kind of need it. Remember, this is a little bit of a revenge game of a team that kind of made us look bad in spots at home, and we'll get a we'll get a little more into that analysis in a second, but. Lindsay seems to be like the move for a team that we want to go get and get after and, and, and make them hurt a little bit, you know, and, and Lindsay's a little more physical option than Affle. And there's a reason to call him knuckles. And that another analytics site, Man City analytics has done some good stuff highlighting uh, what Jalen Lindsay's capable of doing, you know, with the plot graph and stuff. So uh, let's, it's time to get Jalen back in the starting lineup. Let's do it. Central midfield, Brant Bronico. We both have him in. T.T. Ortiz and Ben. is undroppable. There's no doubt about it. T.T. Ortiz and Ben Bender, though. Two of Charlotte FC's playmakers in the midfield. They both started for Christian Latanzio in the first two matches of his reign here in Charlotte. Does he go back with those two players, or does he make any changes? So the the answer to this question – plays into and sort of foreshadows that we're going to do some uh, listener questions at the end of the episode. One of those listener questions does come from Nick Long- Nick Youngblood at Turbo Verge, who has it, what do you make of the Bender-Ortiz midfield duo? We've had one spectacular game, one dead silent game from them. Which one tells the true story? So I'm going to say... L- let's answer his question now. We're just basically... Yeah, the yeah we'll answer his here. question now. We'll, yeah, we'll get into his question now, and then we'll do other questions later. But Nick and you and John, my answer is that I'm optimistic. I'm feel I you know I made it all the way to Colorado on an 11 hour drive and and had a beautiful dinner at sunset. You know, looking over the mountains. So oh, don't get romantic on the pod. Yeah, I'm I'm in a, I'm in a good way, and I'm just going to say that the Red Bulls game tells the true story. I think those guys work well together. I think they can play off each other. We've seen TT and Alcivar kind of get in each other's way when they try to play together. I thought TT and Bender worked better together. They do slightly different things. So I like the combo. I think Latanzio likes the combo. Again, what there, we gotta, I got to at least touch on the fact, the stuff we talked about last episode where I, I was trying to read body language. It seemed like maybe there was a somewhat heated discussion, and yet maybe that's just something that a coach and a player get into at the end of the game and, and move on. And maybe that's just how they talk. Maybe that's their relationship. I know nothing about it. So I'm not going to read anything into that, to be honest. Now, the more I've thought about it, I will say that it's Bronico, Bender, Ortiz starting against Montreal. Wow. Alcibar was great. I would have liked to see him sub in a lot sooner against Columbus. I think if he had 10 extra minutes, if he'd been on 10 minutes sooner, because he, you know, he was immediately creating chances, but let's, let's keep Alcibar as, as a super sub for now. Keep him motivated. I think his potential is to be a much better player than TT by the time he's TT's age. But right now, Ben Ortiz is working for us. So let's go with it. Well, when I, when I look at the lineup from, from Saturday night and I consider who played poorly, it's Ben Bender. So for me, Ben Bender's out and, and Alcivar's in. I think TT Ortiz and Jordi Alcivar could potentially – be a really strong 
central attacking native midfield in front of Brant Bronico. I don't hate that at all. If it happens, I'll, I'll, I will salute you for the call, and I will gladly settle into to watch that action for sure on TV. Yeah, action's the right word. That's high-octane shit right there. The two mm-hmm. of those making things happen. And I like Ben Bender a lot. I just think that on the road, yeah, being a rookie and being someone who's never played at the professional level, I, I, I think that it's pretty clear that right now he's a great player at the keep. And on the road, he's not the same guy. And that's not to say that he will never become uh, a road sharpshooter, somebody that wants to take the the match and, and make it his own. But on the road, you have to have that sort of attitude. And it's- well, think about it. Think about being a young player, number one draft pick, and you have two different environments where you're playing your matches. One is a hostile environment where you don't have – you know, a ton of support. We Charlotte traveling support is great, but just by sheer numbers, you know, you're kind of the, the, the enemy there in these hostile road environments and you're young and trying to figure stuff out. You're going to hotels. You know, he played in college. I was, he's used to traveling, but this is travel on a little bit different level and you have to make a lot of your own decisions. There's no, you know, SIDs dragging around everywhere. And so think about all that and then think about the other environment he, can, he has an option to play in, which is, 30,000 screaming fans who all worship him and call him Lord Bender and love every single thing he does and like cheer him on. And like, imagine being able to feed off that energy, you know, and like that, how, why wouldn't, how, how could his home performances not be better than his road performances when you set, set it up that way with that dichotomy? I would prefer to call him Prince Bender just because he's so young. <laughs> I mean, you have to earn But we have Jordi, Jordi's El Principe, so, you know. Well, there, there's a, there can be two princes. I like Duke Bender. Duke, Duke Bender kind of, you know, puts him in that, like, uh, sort of. Yeah. Give him to the throne in his own vibe. You could call yeah. him um, potentially if he and Swiderski uh, develop a partnership, especially at, at the bank, the hand of the king. I mean, the hand of the king would be absolutely amazing. That would be the greatest nickname anyone could come up with. Hopefully, Camille could earn that, you know, and prove me wrong. But I, for Bender, I always go with what your original call, the mind bender, because he does bend your mind as, uh, with, with his good play and his bad play. And uh, I just like it a little, little bit, a little better. The mind bender is what I call him, for sure. But Lord Bender is what most people do call him. I'll acknowledge that. But we're going we're gonna to try to shift that to, to little by little, listener by listener. Mackenzie Gaines and Andre Shinyashiki on the wings. Uh, do you expect any changes there? Based on what Latanzio said today about Vargas, I, I would give him a 0.0% chance of starting in this yep. match, unless he's playing mind games. But I, I doubt that. Um, so Mackenzie Gaines back in on the right wing. Danny Bramps? Well, that's where the question is. For, I will say Shinya is my lock left wing at this point. There's no okay. way. Uh, yeah. Okay. I think. There's some competition. It's Gaines Yusviak, you know, 50-50 on, against Montreal. Well, if I'm going to hold you accountable to anything that you've said on the podcast lately, there's no way you would have Yusviak in your Well, I would choose Gaines for sure. I, but if I'm predicting what I think Latanzio will do, I say right. it's 50-50. If, it's, if you give me the choice, I would, it, you know, it's Gaines on the plane. You know, I, I sit Gaines up in first class and ask Camille to go sit in the exit row and be willing to open the door in case of emergency. <laughs> And that's what his role will be, because if Charlotte FC is down one nil, if Charlotte FC is down two to one heading into the final 20 minutes, I think uh, Yuzviak is somebody that should come on the pitch. And we need to see his creativity soon 
because if he's not going to start, he has to make an impact off the bench. That's how <laughs> this works. And if he's not doing that, then what is he doing? If he can get himself into the like three or four assists, I will start calling that dude the hand of the king. That is the greatest nickname that we've come up with. Of the whole that, props to you for that one. That's like the funniest thing I've heard. I love it. But you have to have assists to Carol. Right, you have to, yeah, exactly. Where's the most assist to go? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's the hand of the king. Maybe games could become the hand of the king. Who knows, you know? In the Game of Thrones, you play or you die. So we'll have to see, but. It's exciting. It's exciting to take our the road show again. We've lost every battle on the road, Danny Rams, but we have yet to lose the war because when you think about the MLS season, you realize – all of a sudden, Charlotte FC is in seventh place. But before we go, let's let's think about exactly what's at stake for, for Charlotte FC this weekend. And when I say at stake, to me, I, I'm talking about the table. Because in soccer, in football, the table is, is everything. And Charlotte FC, right now, with 16 games played, has 20 points. Can I just say I hate that as, as a fan? Like, I hate to be the team that is sweating other teams' games in hand. I would so much rather have the games in hand myself. I don't know why. Like, in all my years of being a soccer fan, now I've definitely developed. Like, man, I would much rather have the games in hand. I don't know why, but, but maybe I'm crazy. I agree. You know where you stand when you have yeah. games in hand. You can win and you can have things. Truthfully, Danny Brams, you can have, and I know this is not correct to say, but you have control of your own destiny. And do you ever have control of your own destiny? No, that's the point of destiny. (laughs) But in this very simple case, we're talking about destiny on the table and you are in control Mm -hmm. when you have games in hand. I hope that's kind of a tongue twister for anyone listening to that um that's what it was supposed to be you control your own outlet exactly so charlotte uh charlotte fc is 16 games played mm. fc cincinnati on the table same amount of points 15 mm, hate atlanta, that. atlanta united on the table 14 games played Ugh. one point back 19 points play some games atlanta what's your problem seriously though Inter Miami, 15 games played, two points back of Charlotte FC. And our friends in the state of Ohio, Hmm. Columbus Crew. Why did we save the crew? I don't know. So so that they could send a few dangerous balls into the box at the 70th minute and scare the shit out of Christian Latanzio, I guess. That's about it. The only thing I can think of. 14 games played. 17 points, three points back of Charlotte FC. And they are in 11th place. Those are the four squads who tomorrow, if they played a match, could equal or best Charlotte FC's point accumulation on the table. Don't get comfortable, Danny Brams. Dude, this, this ride is going to get bumpy, my friend. Well, this is how uncomfortable I am. I'm looking at 13th place on the table, D.C. United, two games in hand against us. They could match our point total with two wins. Now, they've lost their last two in a row and three of their last five, but 
Uh, <laughs> but they did beat us. So they had the head to head against us. Not that it's the most, that's not the most important tiebreaker, but that's how like we're in seventh and we're sweating 13th, I guess is what I'm trying to say. At, you know, conversely, you flip that up a couple of wins. We could be up in top four. We could be in, we're in range of hosting a playoff game. We're only five points out of hosting a playoff game. So, which was one of the stated goals of the club. So it could go both ways. But we don't, you know, we don't have any games. There's a couple teams ahead of us that have games in hand as well. So it's the way it goes. It ties right back into our lead earlier in the week. If you haven't heard that show, go back and listen to our reaction show after the match against Columbus. Three points lost for Charlotte FC. There needs to be some separation from the bottom. Repeat that phrase with me, Danny Brams. Separation. From, from the bottom. And separation, separation from, from the bottom. bottom. That's what this club, Charlotte FC, needs. Okay? It's very, very simple. Mm-hmm. And what they win on Saturday against Montreal, it goes a long way uh, for... We'd be equal with them on points. Exactly. And what would that achieve, Danny Rams? Separation from the bottom. From the bottom. It's time for my favorite part of the show. Q&A for Danny Bram. Sometimes I'll give you my answer. Michael Hubbard, one of our TIFOs, tremendous friends of the show. Danny Brams, do you find Christian Latanzio's comments in today's presser to be contradictory to his last press conference comments? Along with his in-game decisions, he says, quote, we'll try to win the game to the end, end quote. But last week, that did not seem to be the case. Yes, I may be nitpicking, haha, but... I got to hand it to you, Michael. I thought the same thing when I heard that and read that comment. Yeah, you nailed it. And they are contradictory. The answer to your question is yes. And you're not nitpicking. It is true. Uh, the one, he kind of, he explained it again. He cited, you know, Columbus was looking dangerous and I wanted to get the point. So he did, he did try to explain his context that he always he's always trying to go from he explained that he made a hard shift in his mentality the 70th minute which is the same thing he said after the game and that's the story he's sticking to it so i will say small sample size you have two games there's a good likelihood that your second game is going to contradict your first so let's see what consistent pattern develops after four or five games and we'll judge about that jpp another tremendous friend of the show one of our tifos chimes in who ends the season leading the team in scoring and assists. I'm going to put my boy Shinya Shimmy, Andre Bava, the man himself, the one, the uh, the transfer, the prince who was promised. Uh, you know, the man who came in and uh, he already caught Carroll in half the number of starts. I think he's going to pass him and keep going. I'd like to see more goals from King Carroll. I'd love them both to score 15. And I'd love Carroll to score 15 and Andre to bag 20. It'd be awesome. We'll see if it can happen. But, uh, yeah, I picked Andre to leading goals. Assists, Bender currently leads with three. I'm going to say a little bit of a wild card, but I'm going to say Jordi Alcivar. I'm going to say Jordi Alcivar ends up leading the team in assists when it's all said. I think he's going to have a massive second half, Alcivar. I agree. Uh, That was going to be my pick for assist. Ben Bender, though, since you picked Alcivar, I'll take Bender. Leader oh, in the clubhouse. Yeah, leader in the clubhouse counts for a lot. You got to lead. You're ahead of everybody. Yeah, and, and if if uh, 
it's TT is second also. So it's, and then there's a couple guys tied at one. So it is those midfielders, those guys who take the set pieces who are always the threats to get the most assists. Can we get a Guzman Carujo goal at some point in the very near future, preferably against Montreal? There's two defenders who are on the score sheet this season, and it is Adam Armour and Christian Fuchs still waiting for Guzman Carujo, Joseph Mora, and Jalen Lindsay and or Harrison Affle to sniff the back of the net for Charlotte FC. I disagree with your goal pick. I go with Carol Svidersky. How could you not, Danny Brams? He's our <laughs> talesman. Uh, I can't I can't say the things I've said about Carol the last two weeks and then come and pick him, you know, over my boy Shinya Shimmy to lead the team in goals this season. What can I say? But I will. I do reserve the right to flip flop. I reserve the right to flip flop when when evidence presents itself. It's compelling. Yes, um, you can you can take that to the Supreme Court, and they will certainly make sure that ruling goes through. John Hayes, Danny Brams, Charlotte Soccer Show. It's been a pleasure to be with you on this preview edition of the show. Looking ahead to this massive match on Saturday night, north of the border Let's- in Montreal. Let's go. Let's look at our. We got one more question from Nick Youngblood because he had, we answered his question earlier, but he snuck a two parter in at the bottom of the tweet. Sneaky. Danny Rams. <laughs> I don't like two part questions. How many times do I have to tell you this? <laughs> sneaky, sneaky. They've become a staple, unfortunately, one way or another. But it leads into the last thing we wanted to talk about, which was the just quick predictions of what you, your expectations versus Montreal. Nick asks, would you like to see a more direct offenses with long balls against Montreal instead of the possession buildup that we've been known for? Since you're asking, I'll answer. And it's very simple for me, Danny Brams. If Christian Kalina finds himself in a situation where he's having trouble building out of the back, all he has to do is bomb it long. Mm-hmm. And so that's the, the key. Uh, Christian Kalina has to be comfortable enough to bomb it long for a half and go into the locker room. And when Christian Latanzio says, what are you doing? We're trying to build from the back. Kalina has to look him in the eye and say, like, that's somebody else's job. Get Bram Bronico next to me and give him the ball. Like, Mm -hmm. if no one's going to be within 10 yards of me and be in an open position, I'm I'm sailing that thing to midfield. Mm -hmm. And... I think one big part of the equation that was missing in the match against Columbus was the bouncers hold up play. And that's what you get when we decide Danny to say, okay, it's not working from the back. Goalkeepers having a tough, tough time finding that first pass. Why don't we blow it over the top? You know, mm-hmm. who blows it over the top too. The bouncer. Correct. And so, yeah, and that, and we were saying how Rios seemed invisible the entire game because he, he wasn't getting used for the role that he's best at. Which is the long ball, which is bringing down the pass, which is the hold-up play, and that's something that Christian Kalina needs to lean on mm-hmm. moving forward. What would you say? I would say that the good news for anyone who hasn't looked at this is that we are getting to face a very different Montreal team than the ones that came and beat us 2 nothing here at the key. Since that win... On May 14th, Montreal has lost at Nashville, lost at home to Salt Lake, won a game in the Canadian Cup. Remember, they don't play in the U.S. Open Cup because they're not in the Which, U.S. Which, so. was, was on Wednesday night, so they've got a quick Right, tournament. midweek games, yep. Well, that was, yep. Yeah. So they won, they won like a 
uh, quarterfinal in the Canadian Cup, I think. Then they no, beat Cincinnati. The who we, well, no, they played they played the final this week. I'm talking. I went two weeks back. Oh, sorry. And yeah, and then then they lost against ten men. Austin. They had fifty. They had just under an hour to play against ten men at home against Austin FC, and they lost. Now Austin's one of the best teams in the West. I would say they're the best team in the West. I think they're better than LAFC personally. But and then Montreal, like uh, last night, played uh, Toronto in the Canadian Championship and lost four 0 so how they hit on this bad run of results after they beat us, you might be wondering. It's because of the injury problems. And they lost their best player, the Talisman. Jordi, Georgi Mihailovic, one of my favorite, you know, American players in the league who did everything, looked really good, you know, created the goals against us. And he won't be there. He's still not available. He's got a setback in his recovery. I think it bodes very well for us. He's like, uh, he unlocks the key for everything that Montreal was doing really well at the stretch of the season where we played them first time. Now they're in a really bad stretch, and it's up to us to capitalize and and go punish them at home, and you know get three points, get our first three points on the road, get you know the points back that we lost to Montreal here at home. It's a big time opportunity. It's almost a must win. It's still too early to be calling must wins, but it's a game where we really need to go get our first road win, just for the for everything we got going on in the club, for the vulnerability that uh, you know. A team that's thought of as quality, but it's kind of like when uh, we were playing the wounded New England. I feel like it's a similar situation where we have a really opportunity to go in and kind of just stomp them, put something on. That's why I kind of want to see Lindsay in there. Just foul. I want to see us fouling some guys, you know, like to get the ball back if it takes to set a tone early and just like, let's go. They, they, they're going to be a little toothless without Mihailovic, so we need to make it pay. Victor Wanyama will be in the midfield, and I thought he bossed the last match against Charlotte FC. So he's one of their best. Play- yeah, he's one. Of, he's their best player uh, defensively in terms of like what they're trying to do to lock it down. Highland is their best offensive creator. So hopefully, they're the, the, my prediction: two one Charlotte win. I'm always going to predict a win unless I really don't think so, but I think we can get it. I've got a one one draw. I've got coming home with two points. You want to predict any substitution patterns late? <laughs> I'd say it's 1-0. Montreal in about the 50th minute, we score a goal, and then we sub on six center backs. <laughs> They're bringing guys out of the crowd to play center backs. <laughs> that tracks. That tracks. I think that at the end of the day, if Charlotte FC comes home from this two-game road trip with two points, it's it's business as usual going for three points. Thursday night on Thursday, Thirsty Thursday, Danny Brams. I am Thursday. I, 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 dude, tell me, tell me how Thirsty Thursday are. against against Austin FC, man. I, I guess that you know my like that's where I was actually. So I was I was teasing earlier some Austin stories. I went to visit with some good buddies. We did got some epic day drinking going on. And so I was driving to pick up this before we started drinking. I was going to pick up a friend with, and I had my brother in the car with me. And we we're going to pick up a buddy. And uh, th- this was before we started drinking, I promise. But I, we we're picking this kid up and r- running over to like one of our old favorite haunt bars. And so, but I was speeding down one of the old, you know, roads that I knew back in the day, you could always go fast on. And my brother was like, you need to slow down, man. You need to slow down. I'm like, quit criticizing my driving, bro. I, you got in the car with me. You just, you reserve, you forfeited all rights to criticize. I'm going to get us there, et cetera. So now, no sooner than 
10 seconds after I like snapped to him for criticizing me, I got pulled over. I got pulled over, but here's the beauty of it. Here's the beauty of it. My Charlotte FC shirt saved me. The the officer walked up to my window and, you know, I pulled, I pulled into a little uh, spot. The officer walked up and said, Hey, you know, you were speeding back there. And he said, but nice Jersey, man. Hey, that's really, that's really cool. I said, yeah, I'm visiting from Charlotte. He said, oh, you're from out of town. I said, yeah, I used, I used to live here. I just got, I caught a little extra speed down the hill. I'm so sorry. He goes, hey, man, don't worry about it. Just keep it, slow it down a little bit and, and move along. And so. Uh, <laughs> must have, I'm telling you, this guy's a soccer fan. He's got to be right. a soccer He had to be a soccer fan. fan. Yeah, exactly. There, there's no way if he's not a soccer fan, he lets you off the hook. Yeah, because he could have written me a ticket, but. So that was one thing. And then I got to hang out with a bunch of buddies. He loved the kit. Wow. He loved the kit. It's clean. It's a clean kit. What can I say? I got my minted patch ironed on there and everything. But uh, he, uh, so I got to hang out with some, some good friends and throw down. I was telling them about like Charlotte games. And like I said, spreading the gospel and all that. And then the last thing I did uh, right before I went home and went to bed, after I dropped everybody off and people Ubered home and stuff like that, um, I went up to Q2 Stadium where Austin FC plays, and I just kind of like took in sort of the the lay of the land there, just to sort of get a feel, get a vibe, of what you know, what they might be like getting ready to uh, to bring to Charlotte next Thursday. And yeah, you know, and I flipped off. I flipped off the logo, and I I drove away. <laughs> you know, that's, There's really nothing else that you could have done. Yeah, that that was the perfect move in that situation. And if there was a photo of it, and I'm not saying that there is, but if there was. Maybe we we would put it on our Twitter feed, which is at we'll see. We may, we'll let the people vote on that. If we get if we get the fifty new subscriptions, you know, in the next two weeks, maybe maybe we'll post that photo. Who knows? But before the game or before next Thursday, let's say. But uh, yeah, Montreal. I think we can get a win. You're calling a draw, but they don't know what's about to come because we're not going to be the same team they saw down here. And then Austin, you're next. Let's go. Show uh, the soccer show, baby. I can't wait to talk about all of it six points in the next two matches, then all of a sudden, not only do we have that key phrase, separation from the bottom, all of a sudden we are talking about a home playoff match yeah. here at the bank. And and after Charlotte FC's match against um, Austin on Thursday night, the following weekend, there is a match against Nashville where they opened some of the upper deck. Oh, wow. So. Ooh-wee. Summer is in full swing in the Queen City, and maybe Charlotte FC is just uh, starting to heat up under new boss Christian Latanzio. Or will we be back on Sunday talking about a loss, a red card, a disappointing lack of ambitious ambition result? Hell no. Possible. Hell no. Don't speak it into the universe. We'll find out. I'm John Hayes. He's Danny Brams. It's, it's the Charlotte Soccer Show. And until next time, Danny Brams. At home or on the road, baby. It's for the crown, baby.